Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well, hello, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. Welcome to another fantastic interview. My very special guest is Dr. Richard Nongard. What a what a great uh, – we're actually a little late starting here because we were having a great chat in the green room. <laughs> um, Dr. Richard is a popular conference and keynote speaker. He's known for his relaxed and engaging style. His focus is on real-world solutions based in the science of leadership. And I could go on and on and on, but, again, I'm running a little late, so I'm going to bring him right on. R- Richard, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. Great to be with you, Jim. I know this is going to be a great interview because you and I are like six minutes past the go button because we were just hit it, <laughs> hit it off right off the bat. So right. pretty fun. And you've written 15 books. That's three more than I've written. So anyway, I, I know what that's like. That's quite an accomplishment. But um, so the question I ask everybody right off the bat is, are you kind of a first generation uh, entrepreneur, self-employed person, or did you have a parent or grandparent kind of show you what that might be like? I'm actually not a first-generation entrepreneur. I'm actually in my home office right now, uh, and I'm looking at a picture of my grandfather that is on the wall. Mm-hmm. My grandfather has always been an entrepreneur. He's deceased now, of course, uh, but uh, he um, lived a very long life, and he was a mad scientist, a chemist, a wild inventor, and an entrepreneur who had always been self-employed. And so I never knew that there really was a life other than uh, working at home and uh, having grandmother make you lunch. And so I followed in that family tradition of entrepreneurship. That's so interesting. The interview I did right before you was the same way. And I, I find that fascinating when somebody, because we learn so much from our parents and our upbringing, just from things we witness and see about, okay, I guess I go to college. I guess I get a job. And, and then you, you know, people get tired of that. But then I guess right before you, right before you was the uh, same way, his father and his grandfather were both entrepreneurs. And he said, well, I guess you, you'd start a business. So it's interesting how our, our upbringing gets into that. So, you're you're um you're kind of an expert in the leadership field, and um, I know you've written. I think you said 15 books. Um, chapter one of uh, of uh, a book called Viral Leadership is discover your cookie and seize the moment. That's an interesting title for a chapter. It is. It all came about because I was doing a keynote in Central Texas and I was trying to get to the airport in Houston. And anyone who knows Houston traffic knows that if you have a tight schedule, you're probably going to miss your flight. And that's exactly what happened. I missed my flight. I got to my gate as the plane was pulling away. And so I, 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 with my head down, headed towards the airport exit and headed to the Doubletree Hotel where I was bummed out. I was depressed. I'd missed the last flight home of the night. And I was now going to be spending the night at a airport hotel. And I was going to be, um, you know, getting home in the mid afternoon, probably the next day. And, and, and when I was really bummed out, I reached over to my right. That's where I placed those world famous double tree cookies. And I took one bite of that cookie and all of my problems simply disappeared. Everybody's probably eaten one of those double tree cookies. They're fantastic. Turns out they've given over half a billion of them away. But I started to really think about it. And a cookie like that is a gimmick. No doubt about it. It is a gimmick. But it was leadership that 
strategically created a differentiation between the Doubletree and any other hotel brand with that cookie. That cookie has sustained for 35 years. Doubletree is Hilton's number one brand for the last 10 years. And along the way, lots of people wanted to eliminate the cost of the cookie but the reality is the cookie has uh, has remained. And that's an example of viral leadership, taking the power of the moment, perhaps somebody passing out cookies, you know, in the 1980s at one of the first Doubletree hotels to creating something that is lasting and defining for a company. And Doubletree wouldn't be Doubletree without those darn cookies. The idea behind viral leadership is taking the power of now, whatever's great right now, and creating something lasting and transformational. How do you, te- you know, one of the things I, I was read in your uh, information was seize the power of now. I know you work with um, entrepreneurs and C-suite executives, everybody in between. Sure. And, you know, Richard, people are so doggone busy. I mean, it's like, who's got a spare moment anymore? So it's really hard to even uh, get people to recognize they need to take time out to maybe uh, learn something or better themselves. But t- what do you mean about the power of now? The power of now is essential. It's actually all we have. A lot of businesses lament to regret the past, maybe prior decisions or past economies and are are spending time trying to recover from the past. And some companies are so busy focused on the future and the things that they need to do that they actually forget what they're doing right now. The reality is a sort of metaphysical, I suppose, but yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. All we have is the present and that's why it's a gift. Those are the great words from the great Master Ugwe, who, of course, was the turtle from Kung Fu Panda. And businesses must focus on the present moment. It's all we have. And so many companies and sales leaders and executives really get lost in what the goals will be. But the goals are the future. They are the unknown. And right now, we can create intentions to, uh, to create an engaged team, uh, to be trustworthy, to build relationships, to move into a, a, an approach that creates referral networks rather than is dependent on prospecting. And all of those things come from really focusing on this present moment. Mm, it's so true. You know, when I was 41 years old, I, I was um, called my season of crisis. I was out of work for 18 months and 12 months into that, I was diagnosed with cancer for the first time. I've had it two times after that. But, you know, nothing clarifies the importance of now, like facing your mortality <laughs> at what you think is your midlife. I had no idea how old I knew. I didn't even think about how old I might be, but I, I knew for sure I probably had another 40 or 50 years. But um, so that's a real that really shifts your focus, you know, Absolutely. with. With leaders today and with big teams, and the other thing which I think is not a phenomenon because it's certainly kind of commonplace today, but people working remotely, um, you know, teams, uh, bigger companies that have, um, you know, employees all over the place. A lot of entrepreneurial companies have virtual assistants. How do do leaders, you know, um, engage and, and, you know, keep remote workers, you know, uh, energized? You know, one of the biggest problems I think the companies have is that uh, they have team members who are outsourced or they have team members who are working remotely and they're part of the team, but they really don't share the vision. They haven't been invited to become a part of that vision. Uh, Instead, they are treated as the contract person who's doing job A or job B or job C. And just like we work to build a culture within the office space where we are, we have to build a culture with our outsourcers as well. So in my company, I own a tech company that provides uh, 
uh, infrastructure and technical and educational services to to, to mental health professionals. And, and in that niche, I have a, a, an actual electrical engineer who sits at the desk next to me all day long. But I have employees who range from customer service and answering the phone folks to a cadre of outsourcers around the world, Istanbul, Turkey, Vancouver, Canada, Australia, Philippines. Uh, one of my key guys is in India. And and the reality is I've actually tried to connect those outsourcers together so that we become a community. One of my favorite things is to hop on Zoom or hop on Skype with them and bring bring a couple of them in together as we discuss different aspects of the process rather than simply communicating on a on a on a workspace board, I found that that's really essential for creating engagement and buy-in. And there are some wonderful ways to share experiences with those outsourcers as well, which really bring them into the vision. It's so cool. Some of the technology we have today. I mean, me being a coach, when I started, it was all conference line. Now, no matter where we are in our boat and where, no matter where my clients are, we connect on Skype video and, and uh, tonight I'm doing, as you and I are doing this tonight, I'm doing a, um, a Zoom video or, or actually, probably, I think it's actually Live. but one of the technologies where I'll have about nine different speakers on with me, you know, it's, it's amazing the technology to, to bring people <clears throat> so close. So um, you also talk about four ways of gaining buy-in. And I think that's really too, one of the questions I get, and again, I'm, I operate in the entrepreneurial small business world, not, not so much the big corporations, but getting buy-in, one of the questions I get often as, as small business owners start to build teams is, how do, I, you know, how do I replicate myself? How do I clone myself? And I always, first of all, you don't want to do that. You have somebody with an ownership mentality, you're going to teach them what you need to do, then they're going to go own something. So find, you know, bring on a team that's going to support you. You, know, you, you focus on your strengths and let them support you where you're not. But how do you build a team which, you know, buys into your vision and what where it is you want to take your business the easiest way to do that is to co-create a story with them to co-create a narrative with them when i'm doing training or when i'm doing consulting with companies or coaching with companies one of the things i use is a process called appreciative inquiry it brings all of the stakeholders together to share stories to create essentially a narrative this is how culture is built within a company And especially for a company when we're dealing with mergers and acquisitions and there's a need to join two different cultures, you can gain buy-in for change. You can gain buy-in for creating a culture by co-creating a story or narrative together using a research process like appreciative inquiry. Um, One of my other favorite ideas for gaining that buy-in is to, of course, never present what the vision will be to those who haven't been a part of creating it. And so many companies miss the opportunity of co-creating the vision with those who are going to be sharing in the vision. Appreciative inquiry is one way to do that. But even the simple things like asking for input and feedback before we unveil at the annual meeting the big change for the year are are ways to actually create that buy-in. You know, um, I, I turned 60 this year. So when I started reading books, I, I didn't go right to entrepreneurial books. Way back then, I was reading Jack Welsh books and T- Tom Peters books, you know, more of the corporate stuff. And I'm pretty sure I learned this from Jack Welsh. I'll have to give credit where credit's due. But one of the things that I do in my business is, and I've got a team of about 13 virtual assistants. And um, 
I pay them one hour every month to do something totally unrelated. And I just want, if they want to sit and think and close their eyes, I want them to think about my business, think about an area of opportunity that I'm missing, something that can be improved, something completely off the wall. And then once a month we get together on the conference line and we go round Rob and everybody, I can't tell you how many ideas I've gotten from the, you know, from the people who are uh, supporting me. And, and again, I think that really goes a long way to the whole buy-in factor when it's somebody else's idea. Absolutely. You know, the idea that you just gave, especially for dealing with outsourcers is essential. My, uh, one of my key guys in Istanbul was always drinking his Turkish tea out of his double teapot. I had never seen anything like that, but when I was working, he would stop the conversation to go refill his tea or, you know, brew his tea or whatever it was he was doing. So I started asking him questions about it. And so, well, uh, well, he was probably asleep the next day. I was ordering all that stuff off of Amazon and having it delivered to my house. So two days later, he and my electrical engineer and I all got together online and I said, well, you're, you're making your tea. We're making your tea also. And uh, he was so excited to uh, share how we could make it perfectly and how we could mix the right water to tea ratio and all those sorts of things. And it became an experience where once a week we ended up having tea with him and we brought in our guy from Vancouver and, uh, and some, some other folks together for tea time. And th those are where the brainstorming ideas really come about. How cool is that? So I have a lot of um, solopreneurs actually listen to the show. Um, how do you actually develop a, a good leadership when it's yourself, you know, I, I, I'm an open book. I'm totally transparent. Sure. I, I tell people, you know, the first five or six years of my business, I was, I was not the leader I should have been. I was, I was always making excuses why I didn't want to do something that I knew would be good for my business, AKA I was chicken, you know what, you know, right. until I started working with mentors and coaches that helped me get me outside my comfort zone a little bit. But how do, how do solopreneurs get out of their own way, Richard? I do a lot of coaching with solopreneurs. I've been a solopreneur. I've owned four restaurants over the years. I started my tech company, of course, by myself, recognizing a need within an area that I had some expertise. And whether it's a guy who owns a pizza place or a dry cleaner or an online sales business, uh, all of those solopreneurs really need to study leadership. Leadership is not some sort of buzzword in you know, pop business culture. The reality is you can get a master's degree or a doctorate in leadership. I have a doctorate in transformational leadership. And leadership is an academic discipline, just like psychology or just like, uh, uh, you know, philosophy or, or just like medicine is. And leadership is an essential component to any successful business. As a solopreneur, I'm always teaching people that their first follower should be their customer. When we use leadership principles to build relationships with the customers, that's when we move from a prospecting-based uh, business into a referral-based business because we can then stop talking about sales funnels and we can actually start talking about referral funnels. Referral funnels are a powerful way to actually increase sales as a solopreneur, whether you want to sell more pizzas or whether you want to sell more technology software platforms or whether you want to sell more bass boats. It really doesn't make a difference what the business is. And that's accomplished by three foundations really of effective leadership, engaging in community, uh, uh, creating a, an affirmative identity and building a culture that is positive and responsive to the, to the community that we serve. That sounds, I mean, that sounds like a, um, 
I don't mean this in a, in a slight, that's a great mission statement. It, it seems, you know, I think we started out early on the conversation saying how overwhelmed so many people are. Um, and I, I totally believe in, in engaging the community and, and obviously you want to have a culture in your business. For somebody starting out, let's say they're one to three years into their business, that seems like a big elephant to take a bite out of. How does somebody get started that way? Actually, it's the right elephant to take a bite out of. Unfortunately, I see too many solopreneurs working on their website and they want to get their website perfect because they, they've, they have a misbelief. And that misbelief is that build it and they will come. Mm. And, and, and so they, they spend all day long trying to pick the perfect font for page 32 of their website and they lose sight of the fact that fonts don't buy products people buy products and the best way to build community is to get out in the community so i'm in an office building not i'm at my house right now next to my dog but this afternoon i'll be in my office and i'm in a building with 60 other offices and when i moved into that building the first thing i did was i walked into the door of each one of those businesses and i said hi i'm richard and i'm the new neighbor and i'd love to find out a little bit about the services that you offer notice i didn't tell them about me or what i did other than mm -hmm. the fact that i had just moved in and they were all taken aback that they never had anybody walk in the door and say i'm introducing myself i'm the neighbor what is it that you do and of course they shared, they were happy to share. And then I began referring people in my world who asked about those types of services to those individuals. So one of the guys in my office is, a, um, is an independent insurance agent. I've sent him a ton of business. Guess what he's done? He's sent me a whole ton of business as well. And he's not the only person I've had success with. But the great thing about this strategy of engaging in the community is there's a building next to my building I can walk into and a building on the other side of my building. And because I'm in Las Vegas, which is a real city, I have buildings behind those buildings and lots of people within a one square mile area who I can do that with. I go to meetup groups, meetup.com. And I go to industry-related meetup groups. And the reason why is it gives me a chance to again, engage in real community. So too many entrepreneurs and solopreneurs are trying to build the perfect website. The reality is we should be driving traffic to our website rather than expecting our website to drive traffic to us. Yeah. Do that with, with shoes, with feet, with walking. Absolutely. Somebody, one of my clients or somebody would ask me, yeah, how, Jim, how do I get more referrals? I said, why don't you start giving more referrals? <laughs> you know, serve first is a, is a big thing with me. Number um, one, one, number one way to, to get referrals, give them out first. That's right. And it's, I mean, the, the down and dirty kind of science behind is the power of reciprocity. Somebody does something nice, you're going to want to do something nice in return, even though you should do it just to be, without expecting anything in return. It's an important part of it. But, um, you know, so much happens, the, the power of leadership, the power of, our, of how we achieve more, it's all kind of part of the subconscious mind. What are some of the habits that can commit, you know, some of these leadership principles to our subconscious mind? You know, I think one of the key principles is to really move away from goal setting. Goals are almost always what others expect of us and what we think that expectation is. Goals are also based in the future and the future is not here. Goals, our natural tendency is to actually, as we get closer to the date, revise those goals down so we don't feel bad about missing our goal. And so goals, goal setting can actually become a downward spiral of mediocrity. And by moving into intention setting, because that's focused on the present, it's something I don't have to wait for. It's something I can actually experience right this moment. And intentions are about I am, if I'm in sales, I am trustworthy, or I am confident, or I am passionate. Um, it can be about my own uh, 
well-being for the day. I am happy. I am calm. I am whatever resource state is going to be value to me, valuable to me in interacting with other people today. And by setting intentions with intention each and every morning and each and every day, when we look back at the months previously where we might have set goals, we actually discover that we wildly exceeded any goals we would have set for ourselves. And it's a mental strategy that is actually backed by the research. That's the cool thing about it. There's actually tons of research. Scholar.google.com is your friend uh, that tells us uh, the effective strategies and habits for, for being our very best and building a successful business. So cool. I, I, the clock dictates everything. I think I got about three more minutes. So I want to squeeze in one more question with you. Um, doing my research, I saw, again, you wrote 15 books. One of them is called um, Richard Nongard's Big Book of Hypnosis Scripts. So do you sure. teach hypnosis? Are you a, a professional hypnotist? Or I do. I'm a, my, my background is in counseling. My master's degree is in counseling psychology. And I uh, have spent many years as a clinical hypnotist. That's why it's important for us to understand the power of the subconscious mind, the power of this moment. Mindfulness is a very important idea in psychotherapy, but I really view my degree as a counselor as a degree in problem solving, and I've learned how to bring problem solving methods that are actually based on the science of problem solving to companies through keynote speeches, through coaching, and through the training services that I've been able to provide over the last 25 years. So cool. And, you know, people, again, I'm an open book. I, what, hypnosis was one of the things I went on to professional hypnotist and helped me get over my fear of public speaking. I've now sure. I can jump on any stage in front of hundreds of people. I run my own live events. I totally, I totally believe in that because it is, it really is the, the way to get into the subconscious mind, which is dictating your thoughts and behaviors and things like that. So. Sure. Well, I noticed on Facebook, we have a lot of mutual friends who share some of those same interests. And for a lot of people, hypnosis seems like it's way out there or they think of stage hypnosis. But the reality is we hypnotize ourselves every day, often with negative hypnotic suggestions. Oh, I can't do this or I have to do this before I can be successful or, or we live with the limits that others have imposed on us and we act on those. And hypnosis, particularly self-hypnosis, is about being able to transcend those limiting beliefs and step into a far more abundant future. Well, it has been awesome, Dr. Richard Nongard. I, I've really enjoyed our conversation, getting to know you, and, and I'm going to have to have you back in a few months, I think. What would be, of, of all, I mean, gosh, you got so many websites, books, et cetera. What's a good place to send people who want to uh, connect with you if they're listening to us right now? viralleadership.com and at viralleadership.com right at the very bottom is a place where people can actually get an ebook that I put together titled Community, Culture, and Identity. It's some strategies for leadership that we can all take action on today and it's right there at viralleadership.com. The, uh, the new book is out. The new audio version came out yesterday on Audibles and iTunes and so Viral Leadership is available as an audio download in addition to being an ebook and a paperback now. And that is so important today. I, my last three books I created audios for just for the I got tired of the people asking because hey that's how they want to consume right. it so <laughs> I'll lock myself in my room and do that so. Sure. Richard thanks so much it was really great connecting with you. Thank you for having me I've enjoyed it. Hey folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Dr. Richard Nongard. Again, go to viralleadership.com. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. If you and I are not yet connected in my free Facebook group, Build Your Dream Business Now, you can fix that grievous error at dreambizgroup.com, dreambizgroup.com. And until next week, another fantastic interview. You take good care. 
Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.